Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm here with my husband, Zach, and we are passionate about your purpose. We believe that God has created you to win your world, and we are excited to help encourage you and inspire you to do it. That's right. Today's going to be amazing, so be sure to like and share, subscribe, uh, share this with somebody who you know is going to impact. Now, you may not be listening to it today, but today is Valentine's Day. Ooh. Valentine's Day. Lo- the, the love day. The love day. You know, I used to hate this day. Oh, yeah? When I was single, oh my gosh. Just. It's a social construct. It's just a, it's what? a hallmark. Oh, yeah, it's a hallmark holiday. It's not what? a real day. I hated it when I was single because I was sad and lonely. A social construct? Yeah, it's just, just society's put it together to, for whatever. God, you it's are not an, even real. Like you it's are not a real day of love. Person. <laughs> but now I like it. Well, I feel like whatever gifts I may or may not have planned, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't have to do anything if it's a social construct, right? No, I have since repented of that belief. And oh my goodness. now I believe it is a great day to celebrate love. Favorite thing about Valentine's Day? Hmm. Presents. Presents? <laughs> <laughs> presents Rachel does love presents but it's all it's not really fair just a picture in our life we have we have uh Christmas and then right there's JL's birthday on the I 30th know. and then my birthday which I, I the present I asked for is to not spend more money my birthday in January and then your birthday a couple days ago seven a days week ago, ago yes on mm-hmm. the seventh and then Valentine's Day it's just it's just crazy. There can't be presents for all yeah, these things. It is hard when your birthday and Valentine's Day line up because sometimes people will take your birthday and smash with a holiday. So like when people have like Christmas, it's your birthday. Hey, this is your birthday and your Christmas present. I don't want that. I want that, whatever you have for me. Even if that means it's cheaper wait, or less money is spent, I would rather be, I want them to be separate things. But what? But what if there's there's a big thing, and there, there's only so many resources, Rachel. But you could still say, "Hey, you could do something for my birthday, and then not do something big for Valentine's Day." No, like, that's not an option a. either. <laughs> okay, so moving on. I hope the comments blow. Moving up. on, uh, moving on. Uh, my favorite thing about Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to talk about in the next podcast, uh, which, <laughs> yeah, usually happens on the marital side of. Uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. On the marital side of relationships. Either way, you don't want to miss next time. We'll talk more about my the favorite part of Valentine's Day then. Um, but hey, today we are going to talk about love. Love. What is love? Mm, mm. Baby, don't hurt me. Mm, mm. There's been a lot of requests for me to sing more on the podcast. Lots of requests. I'm trying to be humble about it, but I will sneak it in there for your viewing pleasure. Again, so, feel free to respond in the comments. Zip it up. All right, we're talking about love, baby. What about love? What about love? So I, um, we were talking a little bit about this, and the, every time I hear love, the first thing that pops into my head now is like, love is love. You know, just hearts everywhere. And, but really, what does, what does that even mean? Like, I want to know what does, and I think we as believers, especially if we say, hey, I've been purposed 
to win my world. God's created me to be in relationship with him and to help others do the same. And so if there is this huge thing, everybody wants it, everybody talks about it, it's marketed to us, we have whole holidays around it, it must be important. So what is, like the question is like, what is love? Mm-hmm. Is it just whatever I get to say it is? Does, you know, does God have a say? Is there like a worldly way we get, to, like do we get both biblical love and worldly love? Like what's that, what does that look like for me as a believer? Yeah, well, I think uh, a great it, analogy for this, uh, at Faith Promise, we would do a series called At the Movies, where we take... Uh, I think the taglines we take faith and film and put it, bring them together to introduce people to Jesus. And <clears throat> we had uh, an amazing writer uh, who helped us do all this stuff. His name was Drew Wells. And he and I were sitting in the back uh, during and at the movies. And I was like, man, this is just, it's amazing. And I, I forgot, it felt like a random movie for it. Um, I forgot what movie it was. But every time we do it, the, the, intersection of the gospel and the story uh, whether it's like more of a love story or an action or, or a thriller whatever it might be it's like gosh the, the the gospel and that story they always intersect and I was just I was I was trying to brag on him and he was like well man every story is from this story That's like, right. you know the 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 foundation of story is is it's this pursuit of of us from God and Really, from that, I've always been really impacted. Virtually everything that we've been given um, is that God gave us, and but the things that have went off into negative places, we've kind of, not kind of, we've used those for our own, our own, uh, you know, desires. Our uh, we've made it what we want it to be, yeah. And that does tend to get into some negative places. So God gives us love. You know, we love because He first loved us. But as we have started to take something that he gave us and put our own parameters on it, mm-hmm. it starts to end up hurting us. Well, and, and some of the things I think that's hard, you know, in the English language, we we have one word, like love. Mm-hmm. We, we call this, um, def- it's defined as an intense feeling of deep affection. And affection is like a fondness for someone or something. And I, you know, we have this one word that we're using to describe all kinds of different feelings and experiences. Whereas you look at Hebrew and Greek, for example, which is what the Bible is written in, and um, you have these different words for love that help bring a little bit more clarity to what it is that God offers versus what sin has marred the concept of love to be today. There, there is a difference between what the world offers as love and what God offers as love. Because John says that God is love. So in other words, the essence of who God is, is love. And so that means that we have to, we have to look at who God is for us to begin to understand what love is so i um and i heard this once and it was so um helpful to me like separating god from this world because we've all experienced i would say we've experienced some facet of love 
but we get when you love something or someone you get hurt you know there's some sort of because we're all sinful and marred and broken we're not self selfless to the degree that god is mm-hmm. right and so like i can trust what god has the love that he has and the love that which is the foundation of love right the beginning of love because god was is and will be i can trust it because of all the other attributes of who god is God's holy and he's just and he's kind and he's merciful. And because of that love, which is who he is, we don't, um, R.C. Sproul says like you can't separate love out of who God is. That's why sometimes we get tangled up in this because we'll talk about God's judgment or um, his holiness and we'll say, well, but God is love. And he's, well, yes, God is. I love this quote. He says, um, that we uh, the problem we face is not that people ignore God's love, rather people separate his love from his other attributes. I don't know how many times I've taught on God's sovereignty, holiness, or justice to hear the objection, but my God is love, as if God's love is incompatible with justice, sovereignty, or holiness. Yeah. So when you talk about like the love that God offers, what is this kind of love? Yeah, well, and just and I know R.C. Sproul. That's just a that's just a clip, and so just to bring some empathy in there, you know, he says I don't know how many times I've I've uh, I've taught on God's sovereignty, holiness, justice, only to hear the objection, but my God is love. We've all felt that way. Absolutely. You know, we've all we've all said, you know, if if God is love, then why doesn't He heal this person? Or if God is love, why would this happen? Um, and so, but I think that part of part when I, going back to the, the question that you asked, I just wanted to make sure we didn't skip past mm-hmm. that. But you know, what does God mean by love? God. So I, I think something important to know is that God God is operating on a different a different frame than we are so like we live uh in an understanding of like the temporal like earthly things and one of the big things for us are circumstances mm-hmm. uh is the the finality of life and of situations and of people hurting us and like all of our love is very impacted by those things as much as we don't want it to, or, you know, we, we joke, uh, and some people are going to think less of us for this, but, you know, you, you talk about, like, I, I love my kids every day, but I like them different, you know, and I, in different orders, all that kind of stuff. Diff- I mean, we're since we are human, since we are imperfect, it's so hard not to let circumstances impact our love, but God is perfect. And so try when we project ourselves and our understanding of love onto God— it really is. It really is. It's it's a it's a marred or an imperfect or a, a really a, a wrong view of God and of love. But you really, and and I know it's hard today because the father role is has been so um, you know it, it hasn't been lived out well, mm-hmm. and it's been you know kind of the butt of every joke. Uh, which again, I, I think is something the enemy has done to to degrade our view of God. You know, he talks about him as a father, and you know, we, we love our kids. Um, you know, it just speaking as a dad, like I, I love my kids not based on what they can do for me. They can't do anything for me. You know, they can't, they can't really help me anything. They, I, but, but I just want to be with them. It's one of the best 
representation. I believe that's why that that analogy or that that reality is used in the Bible. He is Abba Father. And so you think about what is love? Like what is love from God's perspective? He made us. He made me and he made you for the purpose of being in relationship mm-hmm. with him. You know, and so in Psalm 139, like he put us together piece by piece. Like whenever JL was born, like God was putting that together, but you and I didn't say we wanted to have like these hazel green eyes and this curly hair and have this sassy attitude. We didn't say oh, we want River to be like real funny and just and just kind of out of control. Like we want Bauer to be this really passionate, like aggressive little man. Like we didn't we didn't like have drop down boxes and pick all that. Like God put that together, and so like. Whenever you have, if you, if you have kids or you have somebody in your life that you love, imagine being the one that thought of everything about them. And so the, it's just such a different aspect. And so, and again, I think it's important to know, I think this is one of the, in, the enemy's greatest attacks on God's love and on us is that God did do that with all of us, mm-hmm. you know? Now there's some hard things in that, you know, and let's not hide from the hard things. There's some people that they're sick. Or they, they were born with some issues and things like that. And and again, as as much as it it's not it's not just escape, but it's a reality, a lot of that's because we've lived in sin. And, you know, again, whenever Adam and Eve decided, hey, we're gonna we're not gonna live by God's grace, we're gonna live by the knowledge of good and evil, we're gonna pursue that so we can be like God. And that pursuit of God has led us out of God's plan of perfect health and stuff like that. We don't get to experience that mm-hmm. uh, until we're in heaven with him. But that that's my outlook on like God's love for us. He made us uh, intentionally and perfectly to have a relationship with him. It's outside of circumstances. Now, because of sin, like we have to surrender to the salvation that Jesus offered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are circumstances that try to take us away from God, uh, but he's provided a way to have that loving relationship. Well, and, uh, you know, when we read the Bible, there's this overarching description of love, the act of putting others before oneself, like serving the interest and well-being of another, because we don't want, and I think this is true of everybody, I don't want just affection. Affection is nice. It's nice for people to be fond, deeply fond of you, but we want something that's deeper than that. That's more than just, oh, I like you. I find you attractive. I enjoy being with you. But we want relationships that and experiences where people sacrifice for our well-being. Um, and, you know, some of the problems that we see in people's marriages, a lot of times there's this frustration because they, they feel often both sides, hey, I feel like this person isn't willing to sacrifice for my well-being. And there is this aspect of love that is selflessness. And, you know, I mean, 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, like there's, it's not proud or rude. And it is this description of what love is, is so much more than just what popular culture says love is. Love is not just a deep affection for somebody. It goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. And it has these beautiful marks that are who God is. Yeah. And so when we're when we try to love somebody, I think this is what makes it really hard for us to love people well. If you're trying to love somebody by yourself of your own ability, like without the power of the Holy Spirit, 
it's it's not going to be totally successful because those facets of love like patience and kindness and not being rude or proud never or never keeping an account of wrong suffered yeah that's intense well um, let's just let's just cut into it Uh, because when you have a title like love is love you know um you just uh, what happens is when we try to make love what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And we all do that. And actually, I want to start as intense as I know and then work our way back. Mm-hmm. So you have people, and I, w- I won't be like super graphic on this, but you have people that like break the law, like they have a love or I'll say like a lust of something that they want, mm-hmm. and they're willing to perpetrate that on somebody. Again, that's, I know it's intense, but that's how you have like, rape and you have murder you have these things where people are like I, I want this mm-hmm. i want it so bad and they don't even know how to either they don't know how to do with that emotion or they or they or they do know how to do whatever yeah. right but then if we back it down a little bit then you have a, we were actually talking about a little bit earlier but you have even something now this is intense but you have you know there there's an attempt right now to normalize pedophilia Right. You know, and well, because the concept I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary of like, hey, how, how do we really define what the mantra of love is love is? And it's just, um, you know, it's affection is affection. So if you have affection, then it's fine. It's I mean, it's love expressed by an individual or couple that's valid regardless of orientation, identity for the other person party right so if we're that is what we're saying when we saying like love is love when we're creating love in our own image what we're doing is we're saying as long as i want it it's valid Mm -hmm. yeah and and so you but what what's hard about as our as our nation gets more and more what you would call post-christian right where there there was there was a time where if you try to normalize pedophilia like it was it's just crazy and, and that, that, that's because uh, we, our, our, our nation, the culture was in a place where it was like, hey, that goes against our morals. That goes against like, again, you go, and I know, I know it seems like, a, it seems cheesy, but it's not like, it, our money says in God we trust. There's no way like we could, we could do that to somebody. But the, yeah, further, the further away you get from that, I mean, you're not, you're not even technically supposed to, which you, you can look it up and see it. Like there's a, there's a college uh, campus where a a a, um, a professor says pedophile and somebody in the, in the class is like hey you're not supposed to call him that you're supposed to call him a, a, a map a minor attracted person and and even the class the class is split you know there, there's mm-hmm. people who are arguing for that and there's people who are saying no that's crazy um and, and again, that that's intense. I get that. That's that that that's intense. And I wouldn't say that that's wildly accepted. But there's th- there's things right now that were not wildly accepted ten to twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's same sex marriage, whether that's um, you know, the normalization of of transgender, like things like that. Like, whenever we get to set what we think love is, you know, um, that that's whenever we get into a place where. You, you do start to like love. Love can just be whatever you want it to be. And it absolutely, if you're a Christian, it absolutely cannot. Well, and what we've, what I would say has happened to even give it more clarity is what cultures has said is 
love has a sexual connotation to it. Right. And our sexual orientation supersedes everything else. Mm -hmm. And if you say, I follow Jesus, that's your identity in Christ supersedes everything else. And love doesn't have a sexual connotation to it anymore. God's love is holy and divine and supersedes all of that. So when we read the word and it talks about what love is, it is not, it's not about sex. It's not about your attraction or even your preference or opinion or affections. The word of God says that love is this, it is, it is the attribute of who God is. Mm -hmm. And it is the function of acting in the same way of God. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, that, that is that, and there, there are people as, as we keep on going down that line, there are there are people who they may they may be in a sexual preference place that is that is outside of God's limits. And again, like you said, I, I really I, I agree that when you try to just stack like sexual preference or whatever it might be and love together, that that's not they're not the same thing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, because I, I know some I know some amazing people. You know, not, I don't really know women just because that's not been my, that's not been my, uh, the groups that I've led, but I know some, uh, some great men of God who their sexual preference, whether that's because of the pornography they watched when they were younger or because of some abuse they experienced, their sexual preference or is, just, yeah. or, or how, mm -hmm. whatever the best way to say that is, is towards men, but their love for God, their love for God, like we said, like supersedes that. And so, but again, you keep on going, you keep on going back and you get to the Christian, like the, the, the like traditional Christian, uh, maybe they're married with two and a half kids mm -hmm. or maybe they're single, but they look with prejudice on uh, a Republican or Democrat, whichever way they go, or uh, people of different races than they are, whatever it might be. There's no patience. There's no kindness. Yeah, I don't. They're proud. They're rude. I don't know that God is going to look at and just just to be super candid, I don't know that God is going to look because in our in our we believe that biblically homosexuality is a sin. It's not the practice God's design. of homosexuality right. is a sin. Um, not the desire for it. I, mm -hmm. I believe that me looking at pornography is a sin. Me taking the thought captive and saying, "Hey, I'm not I'm not going to pursue that." But that's not that that's that's not actually what God's yeah, called to do. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that when we stand in judgment before God, that there's going to be a delineation between you who you who don't love people who vote differently than you or look different than you, and those who those who sexually love somebody of their same gender. Mm -hmm. um, because either one, I don't know a better word than to bastardize God's example of love that we love because he first loved us what's his love look like john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. that love and that that see that's another thing it goes back to what i was, I was saying earlier is that god lives on the <laughs> we talk about spectrum you know and the, mm -hmm. the, the gender spectrum and all the other mm -hmm. things god lives on the eternal 
I, I, I wouldn't call it a spectrum. God lives on the eternal plane. Right. And when we live on this, and it's very hard. That's why, you know, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I, you know, I, I, I make myself a living sacrifice so that I can experience Romans 12, 2. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. Whenever you look at somebody, there's some things. I just if we can just we're, we're being candid today, right? If we haven't already made people mad, I don't uh, like abo- abortion bothers me. Um, and but if but if if I look at somebody who votes in such a way or what whatever, you know, it's not like there's a moral party or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so you know, voting morals, I, I, that may be out the window. But whenever you look at that and like I hate somebody because of that um you know i I just i think that we are we're looking on this this natural um deal of love and you know what else we're not doing is we're also not taking god's transforming love into account um that you know somebody that was different than us can can be transformed because we're not looking at the most important thing that they experience God's love, not that they look more like us. Well, Romans, that's what, you know, Paul says. He says um, when he's talking about even like, hey, resist these things, flee from these things. He has this whole list of sins. And he doesn't say that necessarily, you know, he talks about these idolaters, sexual immorality. He says at the end of that, it's because you're transformed Um, that your heart is transformed, not that you may not still want to lie, not that you may not want to steal, but something inside of you is shifted and changed because you've experienced the love of God and it has, it changes the, the greatest desire. You know, we've so reduced the concept of love in in culture right we say well like love is love and and we've we've minute we've just squished it down and said well it's just this flippant thing but god is the creator of love and i love this your dad said it a couple weeks ago he said hey god has has made a way for a relationship with him and he gets to define what loving him looks like he defines what love is and we see that in our relationships a lot of times hey like I know that you say you love me and you can say all day you love me, but if you don't come home and talk to me or you don't come home and help me in the kitchen or you don't come home and talk to our children and hold our children, then I'm going to start to question if you love us because love is deeper than affection because you can have affection, deep affection and fondness and never move. Mm -hmm. And the love of God is active and we see that Old Testament, New Testament, you know, God instructs the Israelites to treat refugees and immigrants as natives and to love them as they love themselves. Which Mo- we won't get into no, it, but yeah. whenever, when people say that the Bible affirms like slavery and and, oh, yeah. and the mistreatment of people, that's, that's just not, that's not true. You know, that one passage would say that that's not true, but maybe we did, maybe we do a a, a podcast on yeah. it, but that, that's, that's not biblical. That's not true. Yeah. I'm just like, so even in the old Testament, we see like, cause sometimes we're like, well, what here and here, but God throughout his word says, Hey, like these are active 
my love is active. My people are active. The way I love is active. And that means you're active. So the way you treat people is different than the way culture treats people. I mean, the nation of Israel was to be set apart from all the other nations around it. So, you know, he, Moses teaches the people how to love God with all their heart, all their soul, all their strength. We have a whole book, Song of Songs, about, you know, how beautiful um, the act of love sex within a marriage. And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see in Romans that love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good all throughout scripture. And even what you said, you know, you're talking about, you know, God sent his son for us. And, but like first John four ten says it so concisely, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us is in his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so much of like, our love, and I would say like believers love, is not biblical love. Yeah. It is cultural affection. And if you do something that disturbs my affection for you, my feelings, if I don't feel good, then I don't want it anymore. And biblically, we have been instructed and and we're called to be made into the likeness of Christ, right? So not just we're not just being said, hey, this is how you should behave. This is who you are to be is 1 Corinthians 13 yeah. and operate in the ways of God. And I think that a lot of us, you know, I, I know we've been a little uh, aggressive in some of the stuff that we've said today, um, but there is, there is a real peace um, when it comes to surrendering to loving. It, it's not, it's not how, the cultural has, how the culture has it set up or things like mm-hmm. that. But let me, let me put it to you this way. I like one of my favorite things about vacation is that I don't I really don't have to make hardly any decisions like whatever you whatever you want me to make decision or give input on you ask and then it's really it's really because it's a way to serve you yeah so like at at work like I'm making decisions all the time people like hey what do you want out of this hey what do you want this to look all that kind of stuff whereas like when we go on a vacation it's just like I just get to I just get to be there and you know what it doesn't there's some things that we'll do on vacation that I may not want to do you know like we may if uh, every time we're traveling somewhere we got to stop at a at a museum or something to teach the kids something or something silly like that you should do educational things on vacation Um, right and so but I, I don't have to I don't have to think about where we're going to go or whatever. I just have to get out of the car and have a great attitude and give my best. And so that's a way to look at 1 John 4.18. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment, but the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And so a lot of us like, what's God's will for me? Like how, how, like, like it's kind of, we feel like our relationship with God is, is like eggshells. But if we could understand more fully that we love people beyond circumstances mm-hmm. and beyond preferences and beyond orientations, and we love them because Psalm 139 says that God made them and it, it doesn't matter if they've gotten off track or not, and if they if they look different or not, or whatever it might be. Like we're supposed to love them, you know. We're we're supposed and you know Jesus broke boundaries constantly with his love. You know, uh, they they called him a glutton and a drunkard. You know, there were no pastors, there were no Pharisees hanging out at parties and doing this stuff with people, but Jesus was, and he let the woman with the issue of blood, who was you know quote unquote unclean or not quote she was unclean Mm -hmm. he let her he knew what she was doing and she touched him like all these times um jesus's love for people's soul broke through these these 
cultural constructs because they they did have them just like we have them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so just you're it, yeah either way, but I think there's a lot of peace in being able to say, you know, like like sometimes I just. There's just parts of my life that because I lead a lot in life where people lead me in some ways, and there's so much freedom. Like, you do the vacations. Barrett, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. he does all the training planning. So I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to do legs. I don't want to. We have six by sixes on squats. I don't want to do it, but my leader has programmed it. So I'm going to do it and do it my best. I, but I already made the decision in my head. Like hey, the leader has said it, so I'm gonna do it. But you can trust. So I think that's what was so. That's why like the RC Sprawl thing was so important to me is because we don't trust the love of God because we don't know the rest of Him. So like you trust what um, you know I do on vacation because you know the other attributes of me on vacation. You trust that I love you and see you, but you also know the other things. Like I'm gonna be wise with our finances and I'm gonna take into account our children. Or you know Barrett cares for you, knows knows what's best. He's he is. He has skills and education for what you guys are doing because we have not pursued God. We have, we're like, oh, God, love me all day. Love me, be, be kind toward me, don't be proud. But we have not returned that affection and pursued him. We have missed out on all the other attributes of God, his sovereignty, his holiness, his mercy, his grace. And because we've missed that, we we don't trust him to love we we don't trust him to love people that way because we're still we're still taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And we haven't fully surrendered and released. And so if you say, "Hey, well, I really want to if you say, "Hey, today I really want to take a step. I want to love the way Jesus loves. I want to love people who don't think like me, who don't talk like me, who don't walk like me, who live life totally different, then I would ask you the question first, do you trust God with your soul and rejection and the fear and all those things? Or are you still trying to take care of it? Mm-hmm. Because if you're, you know, like, oh, I would make sure if it doesn't serve me, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. if it's going to cross my boundary, I'm not going to do it. But that- it, that goes into it. There's there's no fear in love, mm-hmm. but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So like whatever it is, whether you're scared of something or whether you don't want something, either way, like you're getting to set the parameters. That's right. And so whether you are punishing yourself or punishing others, if punishment has to do with it and you're after righteousness instead of the righteousness you've received, mm-hmm. you're, you're missing it. And I, I would just say this, and this is probably a good place. We'll dialogue about it a little bit, and then we'll wrap up. Because I really want people to process this. In 1 John 4a, which John, John if anybody— 1 John, get it. Yeah, if anybody ever—if anybody understood Jesus— and again, a lot of the verses we said today are out of John— just a reminder, John is the disciple who Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. Um, John, John, and you know what? There's a lot of things in the Bible. I had a, I had a, a friend who I really do. I love. Um, brilliant. He's so much smarter than me. Um, and he had, uh, he did have like a, um, a homosexual desires, mm-hmm. right? And so he would point me to place in the Bible uh, and said, "Hey, this this is a like you. We didn't talk about it, but like." Um, David and and uh, Jonathan. Jonathan, people would say that they were gay, or even like whenever uh, John, there, it talks about him laying back against Jesus at the Lord's Supper. Which again, that's us confusing like um, like physical cues with love. Which again, we we could talk about that another time. But John understood love. 
Jesus, that was Jesus' way said about him, like the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so John understood it. And John says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And so I want to encourage you. And, you know, I, I'm a huge proponent, a massive proponent, that there's so much more of God to know that we can't even wrap our head around. Like, if we could understand him, he's not God, right? Um, if, if we could understand all of his character and his depth and his affection and all this kind of stuff, I don't think we could, I don't think we could handle any of his full attributes without it crushing us. Just mm-hmm. like Moses saw where he was in his face, would he, it, it would glow, right, when he came down from Mount Sinai. I, I say all that to say whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. I just believe for all of us that there's at least one place in our life where we're defining love. And even if, and, and I just say, even if you are, you know, we're working through this with some friends, even like if you would say, hey, you're addicted to porn, which is, which is ravaging young men, marriages, even some women, um, that's a place where you're defining what love is. That's mm-hmm. a place where you're defining, you know, hey, I'm, whether, you're, whether you are jeopardizing your future relationship or your current relationship, but whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Are there any places where, when, if you just said Holy Spirit, is there anywhere or any group of people or any person that I don't love um, and he, he's going to reveal it to you. Well, and if you wonder, if you say, hey, how do, I qual- how do I qualify that? I think you need to read through 1 Corinthians 13 and say, hey, if, if, you, if that's a group that you find yourself radically like, or consistently impatient with or unkind toward, you know, like these are, or, you know, you feel like you always know better than them mm-hmm. or you're rude toward them. These are, or if you talk, if you like have a record of all of their wrongs, then I would say, hey, that's those are cues to say, I'm not loving those people. If you're looking for like a definition, we can start at 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. And so and from our perspective and our understanding of the Bible, uh, love is not love. God is love. And so since God is love, he gets to set the parameters around it. Um, and there's no way we could discuss any facet of either God or love in the time that we have allotted. And so we really hope that you've been either slightly offended uh, somewhere in our time together. And we don't say everything. I mean, like, just like you said, it's very difficult to have a nuanced conversation in 40 minutes and with all of the things around this. But our deepest desire is that you experience the love of God, that Mm -hmm. there is nothing like it in all of existence. Yeah, and not just you experience it, but you share it. That's right. You it, know? It'll it'll transform you. And we had talked in our alpha group, there was this thought, and it said, hey, when you experience something good, mm-hmm. you tell people. Yeah. And this is, I know it's Valentine's Day, and it's all, you know, the love, but hey, the greatest love that, that it's ever, so the greatest romantic gesture of all time, if you want to put out there, was the fact that Jesus died to be with you. That's how much God loves you, is he literally died so he could be with you forever. That's crazy. Uh, So we know that uh, today may not be great for everybody. It might be a hard day for you, um, like maybe in, in my earlier seasons of being single um and i just we just want you to know that we love you and that god loves you and that he can satisfy your soul Mm -hmm. so your win-win steps uh to build that culture in your life what is next ask the holy spirit holy spirit who is a person or a group of people uh, that i'm not loving 
And that's going to lead you to your who is next step, which your who is next step is to love that person. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just in prayer and internally and ask God to change your heart and then a representation of that. But let's be God's love. Let's not ask God to, to, to love somebody. The reason he gave us love, his love, is, is to give it. And so we love you. We know that your purpose is to win the world. And we do feel honored and privileged that you'd allow us to be a part. So go win your world this week. We'll see you in a few weeks. Mm-hmm.